in space. Good afternoon, Marlo. Good afternoon, the world. How are we? It's Wednesday. It's still sunny out there. And uh, here we are on Tech Buzz. My name's Sam Sethi. I'm in the studio today. And uh, let's find out who my friend is, who is in the studio with me today. Hi, Sam. It's Susie Walker. I'm the founder of the Primal Pantry. Um, a range of gluten-free, high-energy, high-protein snack bars. Wow, we're going to find out a lot more about that. I really want to find out more about the story mm. rather than the food. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, we're also going to cover off today a little bit about Facebook being fined by the ICO, where Mark Zuckerberg sits in the world's richest list. Is he above or below Jeff Bezos? Uh, Prime Day, the Amazon Prime Day is coming out. What does that mean for you? Are there any bargains? Uh, Google's rolling out some new support for peer-to-peer payments. We'll cover a little bit about that. And a really, really interesting uh, UK startup called Olio, who are basically a food-sharing, hyper-local food-sharing startup who've just raised six million. And the idea behind that is uh, we've all got food that's in the cupboard that we don't want. You know, they allow you to take a photo of it, put it up onto the app, and people come around and collect it away, and so it's not wasting food. Anyway, lots lots of stuff to talk about this week, and as well, we're going to talk to Susie about how she started Primal Pantry. But first, a little dedication to the visiting, I say, President of the United States. I say that very loosely. Mr. Trump is on his way over, and uh, in dedication to him, I'm playing a song from the Green Day Boys. It's called Wake Me Up Before September Goes and of course it's off the album American Idiot Summer has come and passed The innocent can never last Wake me up when September ends Like my father's come to pass Seven years has gone so fast Wake me up when September ends Here comes the rain again Falling from the stars Drenched in Becoming who we are As my memory rests But never forgets what I lost Wake me up when September
Green Day, what a great song that was. Uh, off the album, American Idiot. And that's a Trump uh, request, I guess. Anyway, it would be for me. Um, we're back, we're back, we're back. We've got Susie in the house with us today. How are you, Susie? I'm good, thanks, Sam. Yeah, I'm good. You've been in London this morning, haven't you? I have, yeah. Running around? Yeah, running around, was nice and re- early. Retailers or clients? Bit, bit of both, private equity and retailers all in one room, So and other brands. So, yeah, very exciting <laughs> space. <laughs> So, for those of you who haven't heard uh, and who've just joined us, Susie uh, is the CEO and Firestarter. That's your official title, yep. isn't it, on yep. your card? Chief Firestarter. Chief Firestarter from uh, primalpantry.com. Yeah. Do you own the .co.uk? Yes, yep. yeah. So, yep. you can go to either, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be talking a lot about what that is, what is Primal Pantry and what you've been doing in, in about 20 minutes. But I just wanted to start off with a look at this week's news with you. Uh, And a couple of things that grabbed my eye. Um, Obviously, today, Facebook got fined by the UK's ICO, the the guys who are watching the data protection for us all, uh, for half a million quid. Now, that doesn't seem a lot. What they got fined for was for um, their breach of data with the Cambridge Analytica stuff. Now, do you think Facebook was you know, complicit in this? Do you think they they were aware of all this data being sucked out of their services? Or do you think they were just uh, unlucky and some nefarious dark agents got on their site? Um, I think for Facebook and for Mark Zuckerberg, I think things happened very, very quickly beyond his reach. Um, and it's, it's hard for me to form an opinion as to whether he was aware of everything that was possible and everything that actually happened. You know, you could question whether Cambridge Analytica are more to blame in, in what's actually taking place as opposed to Facebook itself. Oh, no, I think they're fully to blame. Yeah, I mean, so they, were, they were fully aware of what they were doing. What they were doing as opposed to what actual Facebook was aware of what, what was actually happening in the background. Um, and, and so much so as Mark Zuckerberg as him versus what the, what the running team yeah, was doing as well. So The, the only reason I, 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 I sort of don't have sympathy with Mark is every time he's done something wrong, it's the Maya culpa. I am so sorry, yeah. it'll never happen again. Please yeah. f- please forgive me. I think so far we're on to 17 sorries since yeah. he started. Yes. <laughs> so I'm fully expecting another sorry for something else he's about to do. In fact, do you actually still use Facebook heavily? Do you know, I mean, and not because of this, really. Um I've I've found certainly my personal use, uh, my business use, my team's use, my consumer's use of Facebook has dropped off. Yeah, mine um, as well, massively. You know, and just that lack of interest. And I think, you know, someone joked the other day that as soon as you, 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 your grandparents start getting on it, then it's time to move on to something else. <laughs> um, it's just, just to me now, the feed just looks like junk. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that, that there isn't a lot on Facebook these days that I see. I go, I, I, I call it either fame book or fake book or yeah. you know it's like look at me da la la um, I, look, there are bits that I still love about it and I'm not yeah. going to knock it totally there are bits where I think you know there are connections with friends I don't see on a regular basis that's quite good um, I'm about 50 years older than you so you know um, Susie's a young person I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that young. Yeah, no, you, it's radio. You can say yeah. whatever age you like. Um, no, the, the reality is, you're right. So, uh, have you moved over to Instagram yes, more? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think everyone's moving to Instagram and Twitter as well. Actually, back to Twitter. Yeah, back. Oh, yeah, you're right. Back to Twitter because everyone came off it for a while. Yeah, I and mean, they did struggle. Yeah, no. I mean, Facebook. I love, what I love about Facebook is, um, like you said, you've got the connection of sharing things with family and friends. Albeit, you end up with a friends list that is 
no longer arm's length anymore. Um, yeah, it's not the 150, which no, was the no, it's, uh, yeah, Dunbar list, yeah. that they call it. Yeah, it's, be, it's become more like something like your LinkedIn profile where you're almost accepting everyone. And where it is great is, you know, situations like what happened in Marlow last week, you know, the local pages and understanding what's going on and why it's going, going on and getting first-hand local news straight away. Of course, you could always tune into Marlow FM. Oh, we could choose and tune into Marlow <laughs> FM. Um, so for some of the local yeah. um, groups are really, really good. Um, but otherwise, it's it's drifting. Uh, from a business using Facebook, it's it's gone. Hasn't it it just seems like it's gone. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, I, I look. I've got clients who I help with, you know, their social media strategy, and we just I say to them, forget it. Mm. You know, if you look at your personal feed and you went right, I've liked XXX and YYY, but how many of those brands' messages then appear within your feed? Yeah practically zero yeah and if i say to people if you look on the left hand side of your facebook page halfway down there's this thing called liked brands yeah you click on it and there's all the noise from brands but those brands are paying either to promote their posts or they're paying for other ads and you're not seeing any of them and i just think it's totally i think they've totally lost it on that space i think that's before they're they're moving to split the two feeds out aren't they Mm. so you'll have the personal feed and then you'll have the the business branded feed. I don't know what that looks like from both the business side or from but, the user but of Facebook. Again, you know, nobody nobody sits down and says, "Oh, I must go and see fifty ads." You don't no, want a feed no, exactly. of fifty ads. Exactly, so yeah. it's. I think it's going. They're going to struggle. Um, well, fortunately for Mark Zuckerberg, I'd say luckily he's got WhatsApp and Instagram. Yeah. So I think you know, as a company, Facebook are doing okay. Yeah. Um, do you do you use Instagram in your personal, or yes. is it just purely a both. business? Both. Yes. So how do you split that out? I mean, do you? I I looked in your website, so I didn't really see any Instagram uh, integration into your website. Yeah. Is there one? There is one, yeah. There is, okay. I didn't look hard enough. <laughs> I didn't look hard enough. No. So Either that or it's not prominent enough. Yeah. Each way, boy. Um, both ways, probably. Yes. Um, yeah, both. No, both. I've got my own personal profile, which is, well, it's not, it's personal, but it's open. Yeah. Because um, I think for brand like ours, it's quite key to to have that story and that connection behind. Yeah. Um, and then we've also got the, the, the business one, which is which is far more active. Right. In its way. And do you have a, do you have a hashtag? Is it hashtag Primal Pantry for yeah. your yeah, yeah. For tagging stuff. Yeah. Um, WhatsApp, do you use WhatsApp? Definitely, a lot. So, for... uh, I mean, WhatsApp's t- totally, per- completely personal, but what we're seeing now is, you know, we've we've moved various things. We've moved from email to, to Slack, and now we've moved from Slack talking to each other as a team to WhatsApp. So we have a full 16 of us in a team on a WhatsApp channel, plus smaller channels as, as different teams. So you don't use Slack anymore? No. We, we use it a little bit, but we don't use it, we don't what, use it very much. So they use it here at Marlow FM, yeah. and, and, and I, I'll be very tactful uh, how I say this. The older members of the uh, broadcasting team find it a challenge, yeah, and the younger members prefer it. I mean, what was your reason for moving off Slack if there was one? Uh, the initial reason was to improve communication in the team. Which is a, an irony in itself, given yeah. that Slack is meant to be a communication. Yeah, um, and, in, and it, it completely obliterated emails. Right. Um, and then you've got the added integration of the Google app, the Dropbox, um, uh, Trello, all the other apps that businesses use integrate well into Slack. Into Slack. Right. But you um, said you've gone away from it. We have as, a, as, a, as just a comms tool. Right. In speaking to okay. each other, yeah. So be used as a re- yeah. repository for other yes. stuff. Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't be too upset because uh, it came out today that Mark was uh, announced as the third richest man in the world. Uh, Bill at number two. 
and at the top of the tree with 146 billion dollars uh 50 billion more than bill now is jeff bezos so um yeah uncle jeff as i call him hopefully you know he he's gonna leave me some in his will doesn't even know who I am. Um, but no, uh, what's he going to do with $146 billion? I mean, the, the one big criticism of Jeff Bezos has been he hasn't got a, a philanthropic um, foundation of any sort. So he, he's not really looking to put money back into anything right now, it appears. Um, and then the other one, I heard two really awful stories about Amazon this week. One was... Um, they launched Amazon Go, the second shop. You know, um, so we talked about it last week. So Amazon Go, if you haven't heard about it, is is basically a, a a shop you can walk into and then you can walk out without paying at the checkout. There's no cashier. in the UK. No, not both yet. In the US. So far. Okay, both in the US, both in Seattle at the moment. Yeah, um, but the staff in there are paid so little that they can't actually afford to buy their food in there. They don't get a discount. Right, and so they go elsewhere to buy their food, which seems just like either you're underpaying these people and you need to pay them a bit more yeah um so that was one bad one of course we've That's all disappointing yeah and we've all heard the the bad stories about amazon's working practices over in wales and wherever you saw the documentaries mm. on bbc and i think um what worries me more with with uh amazon and there's a company in the far east called jd.com i don't know if you know no, no. so jd.com a couple of weeks ago announced that they've got a factory that ships two hundred thousand packages a day so the equivalent to what amazon do with kiva uh, a robotic automation okay. system how many people do you think are in that factory Two hundred thousand packages a day yeah god how many think people should be in that in that, well, in that pack factory? <laughs> yeah, good grief. Um, I mean, the way you're questioning that question, you know, we you'd think you'd need a good 100, 150 people. Four. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Four. And they don't touch the packages, they just look after the robots. Right. So Amazon, I think, if you look at going forward, I think are fundamentally saying, look, people aren't important to the business. Yeah. Um, They've already got Kiva. They bought it a few years back. You know, they've automated most of their warehouses. They're reducing the number of people. Um, I fully expect in a decade, maybe two, because they just launched Amazon deliveries in America. So their UPS equivalent. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. right. So I can imagine, though, you know, self-driving, yeah. automation, yeah. cut the people out from that. I, I just think Jeff Bezos doesn't want people in his business. I think, you know, there'll be a a high executive level but the, that, that worker gig economy worker I think he's just going to what's he like around people I don't know actually I, I, by all accounts he, he seems to be personable you know there's never been a negativity yeah. about him personally um, but it's just the company and its practices so when you've got a man who's earning what he earns mm. and has accumulated over the time what 20 years maybe um, you have to think well time to ship it out a bit more and you know distribute it around the you know the people who help make your money um it seems the big boy game in town though is space mm. so he's spending his money on uh, spacex and obviously um elon musk on um uh, no sorry spacex is elon musk's um uh, it's blue moon which is jeff bezos's and of course space galactica or virgin galacta which is right. Richard Brand's. Okay. so it seems that space is the next place they all want to go to um, sadly, there was a conference this week that said the world, of all the rich people were meeting and they said, the world's ending, so we've, we decided we can't do any more. 
They're now buying nuclear bunkers and looking at how they can survive a post-nuclear world. Sounds very enlightening. <laughs> so, yes. So, unfortunately, all these people who've made a lot of money don't seem to want to share it around with us, so that's a little bit sad. But back down to reality, Let's. Uh, how do you watch TV these days? Have you changed the way you watch TV? Very much so. Yeah, I don't think, apart from a bit of World Cup action, I don't think we've watched anything live well, on telly. Well, that's just because makes again. you watch Yeah, because well. he makes us watch it. Um, no, it's a, it's a really valid point, something which I love talking about, because it just appears that you, you speak to, to kids nowadays or at uni and they, they just have a laptop. Yeah. You know, they don't have TV anymore. Or a licence. Um, or a licence, for that matter. Um, all of our TV, we are subscribed to everything going, um, is pretty much TV on demand. So what, what do you... So you've got a young daughter. Yep. How old is she now? Six. Six. So um, what does she tend to do? How's her watching behaviour? So she's uh, Netflix, YouTube... Um, Behaviour is, I want it now. Yeah. Uh, very much so. There's. Do you restrict her time? Yeah, we restrict her, we restrict her time within reason. There's a lot yeah. of, I mean, to be fair, I remember when I was pregnant, I always had the idea that I'm never going to, you know, let her watch too much TV. And But actually, there's there's a lot that she's actually learnt on telly. The one, the watch out one that's just full of junk is YouTube. Right. Um, which she loves to watch. Just kids unwrapping boxes. Yeah, they try to bring out YouTube kids, yes, but nobody, that as well. yeah. nobody really uses yeah. it. The kids even don't want to go no, there. No, doesn't want to use it, but I tell her the brain's not going to get very big if she keeps <laughs> watching YouTube. Oh, uh, we've got Now TV. Yep. Um, Amazon, Amazon Prime. She, 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 Amazon is actually the first word that she could actually recognise and you read. Wait, you wait till she can order off you know, Amazon. She can, she oh, can, right. and, uh, and, and, and Alexa as well. Um, so, yeah, all of our TV is... is is um is digital yeah i mean in in our household it's gone very much the same we've got i've got two teenage daughters as you know and um they they fundamentally they're in their rooms with their laptops watching love island or watching netflix or binge watching well netflix are going to make it worse for us now because they just announced today that you can or it will automatically download not even ask you now it will automatically download in the background onto your phone or ipad the series you're watching right so now if you're on the tube or you're in a wi-fi free zone um you can still watch or okay. on a plane well so there is a benefit i guess if you're on a plane you know that's quite a nice thing you know you can stack them all up don't have to do yeah. the work yeah on the other hand have you ever done this i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna go i guess you have but me and jill when we first got homeland we binged watch yes. i think till yes. about three yeah. in the morning we at 24 oh, yeah takes yes. 13 hours <laughs> Was that the one more? Just one more. It's okay. It's only one in the morning. It's those series that you have to stop halfway through the episode. Oh right, no, we could so actually do end. that. No, because you, you, as soon as you get to the end, you have to watch the next one. I know. Um, so you stop halfway. No, you you couldn't, but you had to. There's any way you could do it. Uh, anyway, you could do no, it. So, yeah. There's no way. I'd be like, no, yeah. we just got to watch the end of this. So yeah, so um, Netflix. It looks like now are going to make it easier for us to all um, watch a bit more. Can you? But you can. You can. You can obviously opt out of that. Can I you? hope so. I haven't. I haven't downloaded it actually. Um, I should have done. Capacity on the iPad is already already very slim. Most people's. Yeah, and I'll say I'm sure it'll say like like the iPhone wi-fi only download so it's not using up your 4g data yeah that's the next question yeah okay uh, i'd hope so um moving moving swiftly on because uh, times are ticking um do you know what prime day is 
Is that the day? Is that the Black Friday of Amazon? Yes. Right. Congratulations. Yeah. You don't get any bonus points for it, though. No, no, no. Um, it's on the 16th of July. Okay. Um, are you going to line up to buy anything? Well, no. I say line up. Fundamentally, get your mouse ready. Oh, I think the thing with Amazon is full of a lot of stuff that you don't actually not, actually need or want. Um, I think we got I think we got the Alexis last year through through the Prime Day. Um, a ring doorbell. No, I haven't done that yet. Prime Day. I haven't, haven't done that yet. So, yeah, so what I'll probably do on Prime Day is go through my wish list, see what's on there that I actually really need, and then have a look if it's part of the Prime Day deal, which are some pretty good deals, actually. Yeah. yeah. The Prime Day, um, again, is not as good as Alibaba's Singles Day. Right. Um, they literally do it as a QVC day. So they literally have somebody on stage pushing product, and they have all these stars come in, Famous, you know, American stars, not just you oh, know, local okay. uh, Far Eastern stars. And they're literally pushing product and having bands and everything. They did $15.4 trillion. Jeez, right. Yeah, last year. That's mental. Yeah. So, um, yes, I think uh, Prime Day is coming up. So if you want Monday. to do... Monday. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Go fund more low-paid workers. Yes. With their go, deals. Gosh. I'm not sure they get funded. Go and, go yeah. and give Jeff Bezos more, more, more money. money. Yes. Talking of paying money, um, Google has just rolled out support for peer-to-peer payments. So Apple, in the last iteration of the iOS iPhone, uh, allowed me to ping you ping via me. instant messenger and say, I owe you 50 quid or whatever, whatever. Oh, okay. And you can do peer-to-peer. Looks like Google's caught up, so now okay. you can start doing peer-to-peer. And um, again, I think that's quite a good thing. Um, do you ever go to restaurants and try and use an app, or is it good old-fashioned, who owes what with a piece of paper and pen? Uh, or is Stuart just generous? Just Stuart's just generous, yeah. <laughs> no, we kind of just, yeah, it's just a calculation in the head and get your cards out. I think I know Steve and Sally would always pay. <laughs> I remember that one. Um, no, but I love it. I love what Uber have done. So you can do you can do the split payments. Yeah. Um, you know, from out from from I haven't I didn't know Apple could do it. I could I could see myself sort of signing up to that over the Google one just because of the capabilities we've got just as so, straightforward using the phone. So are you an iPhoneer or are you an Androider? Uh, very much an iPhoneer. Okay. Yeah. No, just wondering because yeah. you know, people are changing. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, and I've just discovered talking about payment. I just discovered Monzo. Yes, which no. I'm loving very much. Have you heard of Revolut? Yes, yes, yes. Monzo and, and Revolut and, and Starling. Yes, yes. Well, well, Starling raised a load of money. They actually became uh, on the TechCrunch Awards last week. They were the number one. Oh, were they? Yeah, okay. they got voted out of the three. Yeah, yeah no, I, I gave my Revolut card to Sophia. She went to Napa. I have to say, not Iron Napa, because I'm not cool if I say Iron Napa. Um, and yeah, it was brilliant. You know, she was paying for stuff, and yeah. it was great. I could track what she was doing, uh, top her up. You yeah. know, and she didn't have to go in and find an exchange currency place, whatever. So, have you signed up for? Monzo? I've got Monzo. Yeah, yeah. I've so, what's good about it? I mean, because you know, <sighs> I mean, from from the beginnings, the sign up process was brilliant. You right. know, to open a bank account, and cause essentially, it's still a bank account. Um, it wasn't. It, it moved from being a, in the time I signed up, which was in February this year, it moved from being just a prepaid card to a bank account. Yeah. Um, and people that I knew that were using it were using it because it was the best way to... You didn't have to buy currency. It was the best way to spend abroad because the MasterCard rate was the, the best out there, Yeah. ultimately. Um, and, uh, yeah, set up an account in two minutes. Really straightforward. 
they were very clever with the golden tickets, so there's a bit of a waiting list as to yeah. how soon you could get a card for. Yeah, it just makes you want to get yeah. in sooner. Yeah. yeah, and I think for me it was, you know, the people have wanted stuff, and they, whether they wanted stuff they knew, you knew they were going to do it, but things like Apple Pay, um, paying in checks, they're now doing joint account functions, because of the tech business and the tech mentality and that entrepreneurial sort of... Um, foresight behind the, the business they're turning on things very very quickly and they're adapting very quickly that any bank doesn't seem to be well if I was the banks I'll be panicking yeah panicking I mean, as a result so I haven't set up a Monzo account do they allow I guess the one thing's left that I have a high street account for is direct debits yeah they allow direct debits great yes bye bye Santander yeah they allow direct debits um, they are looking at and you've got Santander so they're looking at um, ways to offer cash back as they grow um they, what else is really good? I mean, payments to people are incredibly easy. Oh no, I, as well. Yeah, I mean, I have to give Santander their due. You know, as uh, uh, you know, the app that I use off my phone allows me to do that really quickly, yeah, yeah. and it's instant and yeah. everything else. So that part of it, I think the banks have caught up with some of the technology yeah. on, the, on the phones. But I just feel like uh, I don't know. You know, when it comes to overdrafts and flexibility, they're just yep. not there really. And no. It's, no. I mean, Monzo has the overdraft function. What's really good is hopefully as it gets more popular is it, it links to your contacts list. So anyone in your contact list has got a Monzo, you can fire a payment over straight away. Nice. Um, and, you know, the travel benefits brilliant because so never have to go away and buy euros or put euros on a travel no, card. No, well, you know, you know. With the so Revolut, my, it'll be the same. Yeah, with my youngest daughter. Well, Revolut's just opened it, so I've just noticed that... Um, I can actually have it as my bank account, which I could actually just switch over to yeah. now for because it's got a sort code and a bank account number. That's all you need, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they they're quite good because they do insurance as well with it, travel insurance. Okay, as part of it. Yeah. So because uh, it was set up as a tra- more of a travel focused anyway, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It, it, it was two Russian uh, FX traders in London who basically worked out that they could get a better interbank rate for foreign exchange currency, mm. and that's how it started. But of course, they've expanded, and it's quite nice to see because there's another one called Atom Bank as well. So That's right, yeah. You know, so there's they, quite a few. Yeah, I, I, I always wonder though: are they going to be acquired by the big ones, or are they going to supersede the big ones? I, I wondered that, and I was, I was sort of erring on the side of being acquired by one of the big ones. Mm. Um, I mean, it's fascinating watching them. They're, they're just they're tapping into the right audience. They're adapting to what people want straight away. Very consumer focused. Yeah. Um, they have this other feature on there, which is great, which is the coin jar. So every time you buy something, it rounds it up to the nearest pound, and then yeah. it saves the difference. Yeah, that's quite nice. Yeah, they've right. got, I think they're all they're all getting that one, which yeah. is quite nice. I mean, it just means that you suddenly get a nice little twenty five quid yeah. at yeah. some point. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's nice to see that that's coming off. Um, okay, we're going to have a little bit of music, and when we come back, I want to talk about this really cool new UK company called Olio, who raised six million. Keeping the music going, though, uh, our good friends from Green Day from the album American Idiot in. Benefit for Hair Trump coming over, who, of course, you can tell I love dearly. Uh, it's called The Boulevard of Broken Dreams. And uh, Mr. Trump, if you haven't heard the album, go and listen. I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known.
empty street on the boulevard of broken dreams where the city sleeps and I'm the only one bit more green day and there we have the boulevard of broken dreams uh, from the album american idiot <sighs> who do i reference that to anyway moving swiftly on back to the business and news and tech and stuff that's much more interesting so i'm here i'm with susie hello hello uh and we've just been talking about a little bit about oh, the world's richest white men really i guess it's rich as white men there isn't any women in it there's no no no, no nothing not a we, lot. We were even trying to find out where Jack Maher is, but yeah, <laughs> they don't want to. They don't want to say. But talking of the Far East, um, Tesla and Elon Musk, who is in that top rich list, uh, they've opened a new factory in Shanghai to double their production. In fact, they they hit their targets in June for the number of um, Tesla threes that are coming out. So a smaller version. Yeah, and I looked it up because um, I've got a thousand pounds down. We're getting one. Are you? Uh, yes, oh, we've nice. got our name okay. down. We might not get it at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, we'll wait and see whether the uh, the actual production hits the road. Um, but 2019, according to their websites, when it's going to come out in the UK. But stupidly, that's left-hand drive, which I won't be touching. And then the right-hand drive is the end of 2019. So I'm really expecting 2020. 2020, yeah, okay. Just to be, you know... Would you get one? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think they're beautiful cars. It's weird. They're kind of when they first came out. I mean, well, not when they first sort of came to the forefront of everyone's mind when you're thinking about sort of electric cars. They, to me, they weren't attractive looking, you know. Um, but it's one of those designs that over time has really grown with you. And now when you see them and hear them, they they just stand out. Um, I, I think I've only ever been in one as an Amsterdam taxi. Right. I've been in one. I actually haven't been in one yet. Yeah. Oh, have you not? No. Okay. That- so you don't know what you signed th- up for then, yeah? No, yeah. Putting a thousand pounds down yeah. and not being in them one's stupid. Yeah. yeah, you've got a long time to decide still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, inside they've got a huge sort of iPad sort of navigation screen in the middle um, because they do use them in Amsterdam, the taxi. I think it, maybe it's part of Uber, I think, okay. the taxi service at the airport as well. But I think, I mean, I think they're incredible and I think they're going to give some of the other guys the right, uh, you know, a right run for the money. In the- yeah, I mean, uh, you know, your husband works in the car industry. Yeah. Um, he works, we won't say who for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who make great cars. Who yeah. make great cars. <laughs> yes, well done, Susie. In case they connect the two. Um, I'll say it because you can't. Um, he was in an electric car the other day. Yeah. Or a hybrid. Yeah. You must have driven it as well. Yes. What yeah. did you think of it? So he's had a few. Um, he's got one at the moment. Yeah. As a, a, a four by four hybrid. Um, it's great. Uh, but it only, you know, from my point of view, it does a, t- a small amount. If I was travelling to work every day, which is five miles, then it makes sense. But ultimately, um, some of the larger models, you know, they don't, they, they don't, they don't take you very far. And no, unfortunately I, for us, we don't have a plug at the end of our driveway space. We have to park mm. it up against the window and plug it in behind the TV, which doesn't, which doesn't really work for us. Yeah, overnight, um, leave no, the windows but, open. Yeah, um, yeah, because uh, he was saying that 
it did about 11 Something, miles. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. I mean, that's, what's the point? Yeah. Um, no, the, 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 the whole thing for me with the Tesla, though. Company car tax, that's the point for people, I think. Is it? I think that's why they just choose them, yeah. No, not in his case, but, you know, I, I, I run a team of people who get to pick which cars they want to have, and everyone's going down the hybrid route, not because they're going to plug them in every night, they're doing it because the... The, the company car tax bracket is a lot less. Right, gotcha. Because um, uh, up in Cookham Dean, one of our friends, uh, Joe Sales, who they've got a Volvo, and they've got a, a point right on the end of their house. So yeah. I see them use it a lot. Um, I've seen across the road from where we live, Pete has got his hybrid um, uh, car. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I saw an electric car go uphill with no sound. I thought I'd drunk too much of the Jolly Farmer. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm really keen to have one because all my trips are pretty local as well. My um, favourite is that Volvo. Really? Yeah, yeah okay. economically, you actually do get some miles right. on the... I think when I looked at just in the marketplace, you know, from a hybrid perspective and a car with some size... The, surprisingly, the two that were most efficient was that Volvo XC90 and the Audi A7. So would you go full full electric or would you go hybrid? Uh, where, I'm, where I am at the moment, because it's not that straightforward to plug it in, I'd, 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 I'd be in a position where I could only go hybrid. Right. But I've, you know, ideally I'd like to be in a position where I could go Well, when prim- electric. Primal Pantry floats yeah. and you work yeah. a lot, yeah. yeah. You can go build... full electric. Yeah, no, I, yeah, well, so our plan is we're going to change the roof at our house. Um, strangely. Yeah. So Tesla have got a uh, solar panel roof that That's looks right. like a tile. Yeah. But the slate ones that we've got on our roof don't come out until 2020. So the plan is we're going to put slate roofs on the sunny side. Uh, hopefully they blend in with the rest. And I don't have to do the whole roof, uh, which would be a bit cheaper. Um, two power packs. So these are like, uh, the best way of describing them are like Apple, iPhone, um, power packs, yeah, yeah. but the size of a, a mini refrigerator, um, and you whack them on the side of the house. So what happens is it collects the sun, uh, oh, and the solar panel then stores it in these uh, these power packs, um, and then you can plug your car in or your, or your house. And what you don't use then goes back to the grid, and what you do use, you use. Oh, um, I see. Okay, very clever. So the problem with solar today is that you can't store anything. So everything you get during the day. You don't turn the lights on. Most of the stuff's not home. People aren't home. So you're not getting any real mm. value. So that's the model. So, yeah, so our goal is to have a, a Tesla 3, have a roof tile and have a power pack, get all the three parts. And I think, you know, that for me is the future, really, of where I think, uh, you know, home energy and, and car travel will be. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's 2020, typically, we won't get it for till the Americans have had it for a while, but... Equally, that's not a bad thing because it means that they've um, ironed out the wrinkles, hopefully. But uh, on on that side of of cars and stuff, um, going on to talk about Olio, which is a company that raised um, six million dollars in a Series A funding, which is pretty good for a yeah. UK company. Yeah, pretty huge. Um, I think Octopus Ventures were the that's main right, yeah. main lead on it. So, what is Olio? If you haven't heard, it's a uh, it's a app that you can download to your phone. I downloaded it earlier. And you can sign up, and basically what, what it allows you to do is take a picture of food that you've got that you don't want or you think you're not going to eat, and they get one of their local reps to come along and, and take it off your hands. Good idea. Oh, someone actually comes and takes it off you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. No, it's a genius. I, I didn't hear about it until you mentioned it at the start of the show. It's um, an incredible idea, really. It's one of those problems where you sit there and think, how, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going away on holiday. What am I going to do with all this food? 
Um, it fits in with the whole food waste agenda as well. Um, yeah. it's in, it is incredible. Um, they've also, they, they call it zero waste management and they're, they're working with um, uh, small businesses, I guess, and catering companies um, to basically allow you to uh, send their stuff, your their waste food to them. Um, the challenge, I guess, that they face is that it's a volunteer-based uh, team that are helping them collect the food and all mm. sorts of things. Any problems in that, do you think? Or was it just, you know, that's the best way of doing it? If you were running a business like that, I suppose it's variable staff. Volunteer work is probably the best instead of having a permanent. God, I find, I find good people hard when you're paying them yet, let alone when you're not paying them. So, um, yeah, I, that would be, uh, yeah, that would be interesting. It would be interesting to see what Octopus's questions were on that topic, actually. Um, and maybe it works, but it's, uh, it'd be interesting to understand a little bit more about how it works. Yeah, um, well, I've just only downloaded the app today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign up and see what it does. What yeah, and unfortunately where we are in the sticks out here, it probably doesn't have any value because it, they probably haven't reached here. But, no. But, you know, I guess we can always try. So, Olio, six million. Okay, I think we've talked enough about what's gone on in the news. I think we're going to have a, a little bit about you next. So um, let's just have a little interlude and then we're going to come back and find out all about Pine, Primal Pantry and how you raised your money. So let's have a little bit of this. And now on Tech Buzz, Lost in Space. back uh yeah a little bit of there uh, an interlude there between what we were covering which was this week's news okay i'm really excited about this because susie actually i should reveal is one of my neighbors um <laughs> but also i'm not I'm, it's not because she's one of my neighbors it's because it's a business that i've actually had the privilege to watch grow uh in the last few years you know i get the snippets as we, you walk past but it's been wonderful to see um you know especially when if you haven't seen it already Primal Pantry. Um, well, why don't you just explain what the food is first, and yeah. that part of it, okay. and where you can find it? Yeah, so it's um, it's a range. So, so my background was the food industry anyway. So then, I when I got made redundant, I used the money to train in nutrition, um, and I was working with nutrition clients in the Cook and Marlowe's Maidenhead area, and where they struggled with snacks. And back in 2013, it was quite limited in terms of what was available in supermarkets that were healthy snacks. And so all I was doing was making energy balls at home. So that right. is what these snacks are, which are now bars. Um, but what's lovely about it is you can go into Tesco's, Ocado, yeah. Yeah. Sainsbury's, and there they are. And they're there, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> I mean, that must have been a moment for you, mustn't it? That, that eureka moment from when... I'll do this, which all entrepreneurs have. It's yep. that, oh, I've got an idea. Okay, let's try it. Yeah. To seeing a finished product yep. in the shop. 
That must have been amazing. I think it's it's a funny one. It's um, everyone always asks that, and you think I think other people find sorry. it more sorry. <laughs> I know, but I think I think others on the outside found it more. They're more amazed and more astounded by it than us doing it because there's a lot of hard work that gets into doing it. Then it then it lands on the shelf, mm. and then you're already working on the next store to try and get into as well. So you never. One thing we're really bad at doing is reflecting. Right. You know, it's always what what else can we do? What more can we do? But you have to. You can't sit in your yeah. laurels. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, you know, obviously with the product you've got how many bars are there now how many flavors there's we've got two uh, three ranges so one of the, the the standard snack bar range has six flavors uh protein bar range is four flavors and now we have a multi-pack family range which is in three flavors right and your nearest competitors who would they be naked is right. a big competitor uh as in the drink maker no 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 the, as in the in the snack bars but they're not in drinks no well. they're not no 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 no, okay. no no that's another that's a pepsi brand right. um uh, bounce balls, okay. As a as a sports nutrition product, kind, which has just been bought by Mars, okay. Um, and do you think your? We'll come. We'll, we'll talk in more in detail. But yeah. do you think yours is an exit to somebody? I guess. Yeah, it would be. It yeah. would be definitely. Okay. Yeah. So where did it all start? Let's find out. So Susie, where where did you uh, grow up? I um I was born in Hong Kong actually. Wow. So um so my parents met. My dad went out to Hong Kong with the MOD. Met my mum. And uh, and I was born there. And how long did you live out in I Hong Kong? I lived there 14 years. Okay. So yeah. uh, fluent in Cantonese and, uh, you know, all various dialects of? Of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I can play Mahjong. I can play Mahjong Str- yeah, oh, very, okay. Well. Okay. very well. Strangely, I was, I was uh, with a client the other day and she grew up in Hong Kong and she can't speak a word at all. No. No, it's like why I can't I can't um, I can count okay. we can count and we can say a few inappropriate things yes. in Cantonese and that's it my, <laughs> my dad's the interesting one because he's you know um, full on 100% Yorkshireman that can speak fluent in Cantonese wow you know so uh, they don't live there anymore but yeah so we we moved over in 96 so you, uh, you, I'm taking a you guess your mum's Chinese then no my mum's Portuguese Portuguese yeah Okay, now now that's a mix. Yeah. Don't speak any of that either. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. So we have a Yorkshireman with a Portuguese mother that yes. leads you. Siblings? One sister. One elder, younger? Younger. younger. One younger sister. And where is she based? She is, um, she's just moved actually. She, she's down, she's in the UK, so she's sort of uh, Eversley based, so near Finch Hampstead. Okay. So, okay, so 14 years there, so schooling would have started out yes. there. Yes, yeah. Uh, any memories of it? Good, good, bad, or indifferent? Uh, brilliant. It was an international school. It was right. an English school, but fully international. So, um, you know, p- kids with parents from all over the world, um, of every religion. So it was a great upbringing to to be exposed to everything. Yeah, and really. no, I, I actually have a lot of uh, good feeling towards international schools. Yeah. Again, somebody I know over in Beaconsfield sends their children to an international school, although they're based here in the UK. Okay, yeah. And they said, you know, and we went to the party recently, and all these kids, and you had a great blend of yes, kids from all yeah, backgrounds. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah, all backgrounds, all cultures, all religion. It was it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. So, okay, 14-year-old Susie lands back in England. It's mm. cold, it's wet. Not what? even back. I move over. Oh, do yeah, you? Were you yeah. sent I was sent. Uh, <laughs> no, my mum, my sister, and myself came came over. Right. Uh, my dad always had a house in um, in Hampshire, in Farnborough, and we moved into that house and and um, went to. Uh, well, I didn't enjoy secondary school when I moved over here. We, we'd gone from a nice international um, 
mixed culture school in, in Hong Kong to an all girls Roman Catholic school right. in um, in Hampshire. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. Okay. Were you a rebel? Uh, first girl ever to fail RE in a Roman Catholic school. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would have so been proud of you if you were my daughter doing um, that. And uh, yeah, it was. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a rebel. I don't think. But I just, to me, I you know, to uh, I mean, I mean, religion's a funny topic anyway. To to sort of get into big mm. discussion about when you've gone from every module was learning about one religion after another, um, and you know, finding everyone as fascinating as each other to be to to be going to a a very strict Roman Catholic school. I just I just sort of you know lost touch with it really. Yeah. Um, it's when you realise that the differences between people are so little. Yeah. In fact, France this week, or last week, has decided to remove the word race out of its constitution because it doesn't believe there's any difference between the races. So it's now going to just simply have human in, right, okay. in, in replace. Okay. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, there's no longer a difference between race. That yeah. They've decided. Yeah. And I think it's only when we're segregated do we build up these v- false barriers between people anyway we're not here to talk about that that's that's another philosophical topic so uh university what did you study so i i went to university twice well you loved it so much no. <laughs> <laughs> um uh didn't do well because i because i didn't enjoy secondary school as much i didn't do very well at my gccs i left as soon as i could to go to college right so i went to sixth form college um and uh didn't do very well there I didn't know you could actually get an N in a subject. Um, so I got no. I got, I've never heard I got, that before. I, yeah, it sounds like not classified. Oh, okay. Um, so I did maths, French, and business. Okay. Um, so so I, I chose topics that I knew would take me into the business world, which I always wanted to get into anyway. Is that your parents were my, in, in my that world, no? I mean, my my dad is a maths head anyway, so okay. it's, it's it's a topic that's always interested me. The problem I had was fifty percent of it was individual tests throughout the year which because they were individual tests I didn't do much to prepare for them so by the time I had to sit the 50% exam at the end I needed 98% of the paper just to finish with a B overall oh, okay. so um, I didn't take it seriously and so I, I got stuck applying for unis I couldn't get in anywhere right. um, because the A-levels weren't strong enough so I went through clearing and I went to Leeds Met to do an H&D in event management and you don't need to go and do an H&D in event management to you know to, it's just one of those degrees that Tech box, you get a degree. In fact, it wasn't even a degree; it was a higher national diploma. Okay, so but it's just a case of go away from let's home. Go and do something. Yeah, yeah. So, what was the second university then? So I did. I didn't finish that. I did a year there. Didn't enjoy it. Um, I, I again because I didn't get into any um, residencies or um, halls of accommodation. Right. I moved into a house with um, four great people from Liverpool, so they went home every single weekend. So I was stuck up there on my own every weekend oh and subsequently okay. didn't enjoy it um, and uh, got an unconditional offer from Portsmouth and then I went and did a degree in marketing at Portsmouth. Okay. So came out there with a Desmond or, or better? I came out with a first. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. came out with a first. So, from so, somebody from an yeah. N to a first. <laughs> Nothing like the spectrum touch there. That's um, brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah, my godson just got a first from Nottingham. Really chuffed. Yeah, that's good. So um, you came out with a first. The world's your oyster. Yep. And what did you do with it? Uh, couldn't get any grad schemes. Right. Because you apply for grad schemes. I don't know how it works now, but then you apply for grad, grad schemes based on your A-level results. Uh, it's still the same. So, yeah. So so no hope of getting onto any of the Unilever, Procter & Gamble. Uh, I don't know what took me to those grad schemes, but I think, you know, at the time it was... Um, they were, seemed like the most exciting ones. Couldn't get on, so I, I went to Nestle and went into field sales. 
Okay, so so would you at this point just to look at it? You've got a six-year-old daughter. Mm. Uh, is university something you think you want her to go to? Uh, is that the default? And or would you want to? So I've I've got an eighteen-year-old, as you know, about yeah. to go to Nottingham. Uh, if I could just send her away for a three-year piss-up and just to grow up. Um, that she'd be just as happy. Yeah. So fundamentally, that's what she's doing, and it just happens to be she's doing business because she has to do something in between. Yeah. Um, but I, if I could persuade her, and I can't, I'd actually want her to just start going into an entrepreneurial type business. Yeah. yeah. And going on and one learning. of these accelerator programs that yeah. are out there, you know, like textiles or something like that. Yeah. Where, you know, you come up with a great idea, you form a team, and you just go out and they give you about 150k if you qualify. And you get on with it and you don't yeah. have the 40,000 debt and you're learning on the job. Yeah, exactly. No, we were talking about this at the weekend, actually, because a good friend of mine is a surgeon. So I think if there's certain things you want to do, then, you know, doctors, lawyers, then it makes sense. Oh, come on, let's yeah. just learn on the job yeah, as a surgeon. Yeah, I know. And, um, and we were saying, and you think, well, what's the, still the benefit now of going to uni and studying media studies? Hmm. Um, oh, God, I'm on, a, I'm on a radio show saying that. but No, no, um, you're allowed to. It's but, fine. you know, or there's, there's, a, there's one of the unis got a motor racing degree, you know, so... And I think, if anything, it's that opportunity to really, as a, as a kid going at 18, if anything, it's the confidence building, it's the emotional intelligence, it's the skills that build you up as an adult to go into the next stage of your life. So I was thinking there might be, and you, you'll know better than I would, how great would it be if there's a way that businesses can do something that does put the likes of your daughter into the workplace, trains them up, but they still live like students. They still live together in halls. Yeah. Um, they still get that ability to be away from home, find themselves and and do everything that you would get done at uni yeah and the trouble is when when you look at like the big six consultancies they send you off as a if you qualify for the scheme they send you off as the lone wolf youngin amongst the others to try and learn from the older yeah consultants yeah so you don't really have that uh, environment of you know being with your peers yeah um because you don't want to grow up too quickly at the same time, you know, no, at that I mean, age. The only way, I, you know, when I was looking at my daughter, it was like, well, you go to the US, you'd apply to tech stars if you got in, but she's not entrepreneurial enough mm. right now. I don't think she's matured enough yet. So I just think uni for her is a growing up thing. Um, I'm hoping she's going to meet, going back to the old conversation about the international school, get out of what we call the Cook and Dean bubble. Yeah. You know, she's in a private girls' school in Cook and Dean, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, and meet people who haven't been as fortunate as her, really. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that will ground her, give her a wider perspective, and then maybe when she comes out in three years' time, uh, we'll see. Mm. We'll see what she does. I've given her a deal, though, by the way. So if she gets the first, I pay for her debt. If she gets a 2-1, we go halves. And she gets a 2-2, two, two, it's all her. She's been drinking oh, too much. Oh, that's a really good deal. I think so. You would have got quids in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we I'm coming... still paying my student loan now, believe really? it or not. Yeah. Christ. That's yeah, we'll come on to that. I think it's had periods of no salary, so it's, it's yes. a case of now, suddenly, boom. Right, I didn't realise I had that much student loan to pay back. Oh, So, um, one of your songs that you want is In My Life by The Beatles, because we're going to play five of your songs. Yeah. Um, why The Beatles and why In My Life? So we, um, this was the Walk Down the Aisle song. Okay. Yeah, this was the... Um, I think it's just, it's just, for me, it's just a beautiful song. So you know? before we play it, how did you meet Stu? I was on an industrial placement at said car manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> the one we can't mention. Um, yeah, so as part of the university course. Okay. So I did a placement year and he was there. Sounds really bad, doesn't it? 
Um, no, look, I met my wife at, well, she's not my wife, but you know, I met Jill at yeah. work. So yeah. there's only several places you can meet people. It's either work, the gym, exactly. the pub. Yeah. You know, where yeah. else are you going to meet them? Yeah. You know, unless, unless you're going on a Tinder dating app, you yeah. know, that's pretty much it. Okay, so we let's, let's have a listen. This was what you walked down the aisle to, you said? Yes, yeah. Okay, well, it's the Beatles and In My Life. was that <laughs> uh, lovely track to go down the aisle to yeah, yeah it was lovely. lovely so this was down in Portugal I hear this was yeah oh, beautiful yeah. Um, yes so Beatles in my life so now you're married to Stu and you're I guess you're working somewhere where are you working the, we have an office in uh, near the White Waltham airfield right no not not your current so when you'd married Stu oh when I was oh when I was doing where oh, were you we, working when, then uh, when I got married I was at uh, innocent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what was that like, working there? Terrible. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, they always come across as such a nice company. They do. I know they do. No, I was... Uh, but uh, I say terrible, but definitely a personality test and an opportunity to challenge yourself. I'd gone from Nestle, which seems like a not-so-nice company. It was actually a very nice company to work for. But they're just big. They're just big. So, yeah, big first first business outside of doing the said car manufacturer job there. Yes. Um exposed to a huge business but what was lovely about it is it wasn't it wasn't sort of you had to do an amazing graduate scheme to be successful and work your way up the chain there were people that worked there from the start of of their careers um all different generations of employees uh, male and female actually a very nice mix um 
of male and female leaders and it was a it was a role of sales and marketing roles that I did where because the business is so big and the brands are so strong it was dare I say it easy it was safe that's all right um, but that's but your first job but it's your first job yeah yeah, yeah. and as, as long as you have the mindset to want to learn then you can just absorb it all like a sponge and did you did you take away a lot from it? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you did because I've got to act like a bigger business now, right? You know, so, um, so you do take a lot away from it. Yeah, it's only because uh, our friend's daughter got a two-one from Bristol, uh, went to one of the big PR and marketing agencies in London, mm. um, and hated it. She just hated it because fundamentally she was just niched, put in a little box, yeah, and put over. In You're the a corner. bit of a cog. Yeah, yeah. So she's just joined a startup and she's doing really well there. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, I'll think about it. It's in, well, it's in the food industry in your space. Okay. Um, so you leave there, you go to Innocent. Go to Innocent, yeah. And you're in Innocent and suddenly this idea comes up. Is that how it works? No, no. I mean, Innocent gave me exposure to small biz- smaller businesses. Yeah. Uh, very much so. Um, but it was in 2008. Uh, it was a year that will probably go down as their most challenging year yet they were clearly lining up the start of the coke deal um but the cost of the ingredients had gone through you know gone through the roof the currency had gone through the floor the um 2008 was, was, that, 2008, the cra- that was the market yeah, crash yeah well, people were decided that do you know what i don't want a smoothie anymore i'll just go back to buying juice yeah uh, pepsico just launched their own smoothies innocent tried to fight back by launching their their own orange juice um they shut down all their international offices at the same wow, time okay. and I, i'll never forget you know, Richard Reed standing up on a desk on a sun, on a Monday morning um, to say, um, you know, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to let a third of the people go. Wow. Okay. Um, 24 hours before that, I was at a nutrition college looking at taking on starting a nutrition course part time, at which point, you know, I remember thinking, you know, this is a 13 grand course here. I have to put on a credit card and move forward that way. So to hear the news the next day, you know, on the positive side, I think, well, actually, I might as well put my hand up and say, I'll take redundancy, redundancy yeah. and um i'll find something else instead so um so that's what i did um and that's what i did and and then i went to little dish which is an even smaller okay. food brand don't know them okay. yeah it's the children's ready meal brand okay um but it, that was even more exposure to to the ins and outs of you going from being a, a cog that doesn't have any idea the, you know what the business how it's run who does what why people do what they do to to suddenly being exposed to a, a business with nine people in um, dealing with the supermarkets and all the challenges that come their way and challenges when I look back now, I can see things that I didn't see at the time. Um, but this is like your apprenticeship, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, yeah. And you're building your network at the same time yeah. as you grow. So, um, and then I uh, I had our daughter whilst I was there. I'd qualified in nutrition whilst I was there, built a practice seeing clients in the evenings and weekends, um, had our daughter and then used my maternity leave to determine whether it was worth me going back there or not. And this is in an office in Notting Hill. We, right. live, out, we live out in Cookham. So it made no sense whatsoever, um, uh, you know, to, to, to travel back in every day and, you know, struggle to pay for, a sound, you know, some lunch or, or, you know, with the childcare and the dog walker and everything else that I needed. It made no sense to go back. Yeah. And I just fell into the nutrition practice ultimately and then I, I i really did miss the industry you know i, I felt that's where i wanted to be i missed you, what, you felt isolated no i missed <laughs> i missed nutrition is very different because you're providing a service if you do a good job they only need to come and see you a few times you fix their ailment yeah 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 okay. um and 
I will start in, and it's, it's a difficult topic, but you, you start coming across a lot of people that have very negative associations with food and I'm not qualified in that area. So it became quite stressful okay. um, and I just want to help them ultimately. And so the product side of it was really fascinating. When I, when I made what are now the bars in the summer of 2013, said to clients, take these away, let me know what you think. And within a matter of weeks, they said, can we buy them off you? I thought, Do you know what? I really, I'd rather have a product now mm. and have a brand, you know, and um, there's a, clearly a market for it. Um, just give it a go. So it's paleo that you started off with. Yes. Though. So yeah. what, what is paleo for so those paleo, people who don't so, know? So when I was working with clients, what I found is by stripping their their diets and their lifestyles right back down to basics to what our bodies are naturally designed to eat. So this is caveman style. This stuff. is caveman style. Yeah, this right. is just just natural food. Ultimately, anything you can hunt and gather. So fruit, nuts, seeds, fish, okay. meat, eggs. Um, it worked wonders. You know, with with weight management, stress and fatigue, fertility, health, all sorts of different different conditions or ailments that that we're seeing clients for. It worked wonders, and ultimately there wasn't a you know a breakfast, lunch, and dinner they could have, but it, there wasn't anything for an on the go snack right. in the marketplace. Um, but obviously, we launched into when we launched, we launched into uh, the big supermarkets very quickly, and no one knows what paleo is. So it's very easy being niche. Now we're in a position where we've got to be more mainstream. Same product, yep. just a different approach. So, okay, so you have the moment. How did you get the idea? Uh, I mean, I literally was making those balls. For Grace? Yeah, it was. I mean, she ate them as well. Right. She was sort of finger food time at that stage. Um, so it was August 2013, um, making them as balls. A couple of clients came back to me and said, we love them. Can we buy them? I said, we can't really buy them like this. They were just in a little cellophane bag at this point. And I've, I've got a little sticker that I made that I put on them um, to show clients and I, I show that to every time I got someone new that starts joining the team we sort of take them through the story of where it started and so that was August 2013 and then um, I found a business partner just on the off chance that he was looking for a someone that's qualified nutrition to help him with the product he was launching and he lives in Burnham we met down in Cookham to walk the dogs and I said what do you think of this idea and I just pulled out this, this bag with some energy balls in and, and said you know there's a market here it might be niche. It'd be great if we can get it into Whole Foods. Yeah. And he said, well, why don't we try and get it into Tesco's? Um, okay. And uh, yeah. <laughs> like that, his ambition. Yeah, yeah that, that, he's, he's always, to this day, he's always been like that. And uh, I got home and I Googled, um, people say, you know, you, you go along to various food foodpreneur events. Um, they say, well, how did you find your manufacturer? And I just got to Google and just Googled manufacturer of energy bars. Right. Of which there's several in the country. Pick a phone up and get yeah, on with it. Yeah, and you contact them. And, and, and actually looking back, it was probably harder than, 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 than I did find it at the time because you're quite naive. You think everyone's going to listen to you. But ultimately, you've got, to, you've got to sell them your idea. Why should they make your product over someone else's? Yeah. Um, and we've, we very fortunately found a great manufacturer in the UK who would take the recipe. It was quite surprising how many places you go when you're developing a food or drink product and they say, well, here's a catalogue of what we make. Which one do you want to put your brand on? I said, well, no, there's, there's values to what I want to do. Um, this is my recipe. Oh, well, that's quite expensive to make. So, well, I know, but I'm making a great product. And uh, fortunately, we found someone that believed in the vision and, and, and believed that, you know, we had something to, to, to go for. Brilliant. So, <clears throat> we're going to play um, one more track uh, of your five. Um, and when we come back, we're going to find out how you funded this business. Okay. But what's this track that we're going to play next? This one is um, Baby I Love You by the Ramones. This is uh, the story behind this one. Um, 
is my husband and I were in a dirty little pub on the outskirts of Stockport and we were saying we don't know what our first dance is going to be so we agreed that the next song that plays on the, uh, the jukebox will be our first dance and this is what was played. dance lucky lucky as you said it wasn't the sex pistols or the smiths (laughs) that would have been embarrassing um would you oh well we never know would you've gone ahead who knows um okay so you've basically we've talked about uh primal pantry um and we've talked a little bit about you had the idea how did you fund the idea uh so the initial fund was to 
um, get the production going. So we literally got credit cards out. So we literally um, put 16 grand on credit cards wow. just to get going um, between me and my business partner. I had another business partner at the time, so there's three of us right. as well. So we... Um, uh, so one of them had his own money anyway, and uh, between us, I put nine grand in, they put seven grand in, and uh, we kicked it off, because I thought, what's the worst that could happen? I'm sat with a year's worth of bars in my living room, which if I sell it at cost, I'll get it sold. Yeah. So the risk, I felt the cost of entry um, was quite low, and the risk was quite low. Um, so, so who came up with the brand? So I came up with the brand, it was initially called the Primal Kitchen. Right. It's changed because of trademark infringement on a US brand, so okay. changed it. Um, and actually, when people ask, you know, if you ask what's the biggest bit of advice you can give to someone that wants to launch, you know, certainly in the consumer packaged goods space, um, a product, the, the best investment you can make is in the design of the brand. Right. And... It has uh, to stand out, I guess. Yeah, it has. It's all you've got at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, not, it's not a tech business that's got all that infrastructure behind it. It's a food product or a drink that because of certainly products we make and products that many other people are now launching, it's a very, very replicable as a product. It's three ingredients, it's a bottle of water, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so what's actually inside is so anyone copy and ultimately all you own and all, that brand, all, all you've got to, to sell later on as you grow um, is the brand itself. So the investment in getting it right is can be significant sums, but it's the best money spent. Okay, so <clears throat> you've got you got got your brand, you've got your first year supply of bars. Yeah. Did you have your first customer? We did. So we we um, I spent. I remember spending as so we had a we commissioned a production run, which was due to take place in February, and then in December the December before that, I remember spending ten dollars on a Squarespace website built my own website um didn't do that great a job because squarespace the seo function on it is so brilliant that someone could still see the shop that i thought i hidden on yep. google yep. um and they got in and press shop and click through and saw fake pictures of our bars we only had sort of mock-ups that the designers put together and placed an order for a box of bars and i thought i remember ringing my business partner up and saying <laughs> this guy's just bought a box of bars as far as he's concerned you know we, we, we don't sell anything yet uh, what should we do? So we thought, well, let's let's open up for pre-orders. And when you when you're really niche and you're focusing, like we did, in a in a very specific lifestyle space of a paleo diet, and there's sort of paleo groups on Facebook and a paleo hour on Twitter and CrossFit boxes all over the country that endorse it as a lifestyle, it's very easy to target people. And at the time, it, it does not even that long ago, really, 2014. But it felt like you could be more active on Facebook and you can actually target the end user very easily. And it was me on there and you were just talking amongst the groups and telling them about new products that you're coming. And so we, we opened up for pre-orders and we did 20,000 bars in the first two weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was, <clears throat> so by the time it was made, we didn't have enough stock. Gosh, you know, and that's a wonderful uh, problem to and, have. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a never-ending problem actually. But um, uh, so when it arrived and, and we remember ringing the manufacturer up and saying, you know, we need to make some more. Um, they never expected it either. So initially the, the first the first production run funded itself, um, and uh, and that's, Did it allow that was you to the first time. Fund the next production, just now. about, just okay. about, so yeah, that's good, yeah, just about, just about. Um, and then year one, we so we started off with just a little bit of our own sort of personal money or debt in my case, and. Um, and then year one, we did it part time because I needed to still sort of do my nutrition business so mm -hmm. I could run um, run Primal, Primal Pantry on the side. I, I worked out my business partner's conservatory. And uh, we, at the end of year one, we felt that it was time to suddenly get your first employee. 
and to bring someone in because we were just wearing all the hats and we weren't doing what, what we should have been really doing. And so I brought in a head of operations and we went out to seek our first round of proper funding. Okay. Um, and how did that go? So that was that was really straightforward, actually. We raised 150 grand um, and it happened to be a nutrition client of mine. So that was through yeah. SEIS? That was through SEIS, <clears throat> yeah. So that's the... Enterprise investment scheme yes. for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah, the seed enterprise one, and uh, and so we did that in 2015. So so right at the end of our first financial year, um, we raised uh, at that point the the so it was, and then the business was valued on that raise at 1.5 billion. Uh, 1. 5, I wish <laughs> you wish 1.5 million. Um, yeah. It would have been if you were in the stage. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. just add a billion to everything. Yes, um, 1.5 million, and uh, it allowed us to to move into an office space, start hiring employees and actually be able to buy more, more stock because we always have been and up until very much very recently in a situation for every bar we sold, we started to go and buy and make another two um, because we were constantly running out of stock. Okay, so you raised the 150. How fast did you go through that? Quite quickly. Yeah, that, that's that runway thing as we call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. and you, that- hear, you hear people now, in, certainly in this industry, say I'm going out to raise 150 and you think... That's not going to last you very long. Yeah, but you know, at the time you think 150. Oh my yeah, god, don't yeah. you? And the, the only thing is, we had obviously we'll come on to it later. We've had three. You know, we, had a, we subsequently had a bigger raise, and then we had a really big raise. And it's exciting when you know you get the money in your bank account excited, but nothing was ever excite, more exciting than the first 150 going in. Yeah, because it's, that's you're so you know so new to you, and it's so it's a massive weight off your shoulders to be able to do something with the brand and, and, and the products and yeah. it's, it's the first really it's the first raise that you do um, and, and really straightforward that one was really straightforward so any of those shareholders still on board? yes yep all? yep all okay um, so you raised that 150 what happened next? what did you raise next? so then next uh, so the following year we were approached by Tesco's who wanted to take the same product they wanted me to put it in a multi-pack box and they wanted me to, and they wanted to give me 550 Tesco stores for it, which is great. Yep. However, is 180 grand production, right? Which I had to fund first to then sell to them to then be paid three months later, um, and they could still turn their mind, change their mind 24 hours before. And so it was, uh, and then they told me, yeah, they told us this in April. <laughs> they, they're a great customer, actually. To be fair, out of all of them, they're, they're one of the, the best to work with. Um, they told us in, they gave us notice in April for July listing. So we had very little time to turn around. I had to find another manufacturer that can make the same product because um, our current manufacturer couldn't put them in boxes. And uh, and we went down, I'll say it's funding, we went down a, a debt finance route, had to take a loan out um, to, to do that because there, there was no way we could turn on that level of cash. I remember my dad saying, can you ask, can Tesco's not wait? wait for what when you know there's no cash coming and so you need enough cash for the first production run and subsequent runs as well because because of the payment cycle that you're you're then trapped in but um it was it was it was a good decision to make ultimately um and so we 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 took that funding and then we felt you know uh, i was on a discussion panel this morning and people say how difficult is it to get into these retail customers and actually getting in is a challenge but staying in is the biggest challenge okay you know so once you're in yeah you know you've you, you've built your distribution you've built your, built your castle and now it becomes a fight for space because it's very easy for someone else to come in um the cost of entry now is a lot higher because there's a lot of products in store um and so what the big brands are doing now investing in the smaller brands that are already in store but the retailers are some of them are a little bit behind the times so they're not adapted to the shopper as much as the likes of Amazon would be. Right. Um, and it's a case of give it three months. If it doesn't work, we'll take it out. 
So it's you, you, all you're doing is you. You're, and when you're on a shelf, you, you can only compete on price. Yeah, because <clears throat> I, I guess with Amazon, it's just a pixel. You yeah. know, it's a page. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's nothing mad. Yeah. You can leave yeah. it up there, and if it's found, it's found. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit of warehouse space. Mm. Yeah, like a cardo to a yeah. degree as well. It's a bit of warehouse space. Um, so staying in is a challenge. And <coughs> Sorry, are you on Amazon as well? Yeah, we are. Yeah, so are you in the marketplace? It's a cesspit, Amazon. It's impossible to work with. Right. Um, it is... It should work really well for us. Right. But it's... Um, you can't speak to anyone. Um, Same at Google. Yeah, you can't you can't speak to anyone. Uh, we have when people comment on our products, we have no idea where those responses go to. Uh, every time we want to do something, it sends a text message to it sends it to me. Actually, we can't change it, so it sends it to my marketing manager. So you've then got an access code that you can get into the back end system. The the front end system that we all see looks great. The the vendor central and the seller central and the system at the back is clunky as anything. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's not as straightforward as, as you want it to be because I want to be, you know, part of subscribe and say, part of part of Amazon grocery, part of Amazon pantry, everywhere else on there. But it's uh, it's not that easy to work with. Okay, so you've raised you've raised three rounds so far. The fourth round you raised recently. Yeah, so I raised so so the the the, the raise before the last one was just under a million that we raised. Um, and we, we got through that pretty quickly, actually, as we expanded the team and expanded the business. Right. Uh, then we had a really challenging year last year. So talk to me about that. So we... Um, competition piled in, big time. Um, buyers were giving space away to various other similar products as well. And for us, when we launched, there was only a naked bar. Now there's endless amounts of lines that are coming into what, what is our category. And a lot of them have got big backers, backers and deep pockets. Right. And for us, it became a challenge because we couldn't support our listings. You know, we couldn't afford to promote it any harder. Um, we couldn't afford to market the product any harder so people were aware of the brand and knew where to find it. But at the same time, we had customers like the co-op saying, we love the product, we want to give you more stores. And we're in a, we're in a catch-22 because we ran out of money to be able to buy any more product right. to and sell. Right, and you don't get credit from the supply no, side. No, and you do get a little bit, <clears throat> but we had we racked it up so much in this cycle of over-trading yeah. that when, when you get so a year you- when you're not selling as much because you know this whole, the whole market condition and the categories just got tougher, um, you end up in this vicious cycle of not having any stock and not having any cash, and which is the situation we got ourselves into last year. And uh, and we grew the team very quickly as well. Right. You know. So would you would you have changed anything in that period? Now you can look back on it. Um, it's easy to say slow down. You know, we said yes to every opportunity. No entrepreneur, but no does one's going to do that. No. You know. So I think. If in the in certainly in the consumer goods space, it's what some brands are doing now, which will work really well, is picking one customer to work with and executing it really well with one customer. Mm-hmm. So Sainsbury's are big fans of this, um, exclusively with one one customer, grow it there, focus everything there, rather than just spreading yourselves too thin. And we did that. We spread too thin. We decided that social media was the next big thing, PR was the next big thing. We we went and did a bit of everything. And, and the, one of the biggest mistakes we actually made is we didn't recruit the right people. You know, we were, we were tight with our cash and we thought, well, let's get, you know, people that didn't cost a lot of money. Um, and subsequently that was, that was a bit, that was a big mistake to make. Whereas actually we should have, we should have invested in good people and over time grown their teams instead, which is why we subsequently done the bigger raise. So you've done a big raise now. Yeah. How much did you raise again? Three million. Okay. And what are you going to do with it? 
Well, so a lot of it's buying all the stock. Right. So um, we've we've uh, bought a significant. Well, one was to pay down some old suppliers, which 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 bless them were sort of waiting in the background for us. Um, increase our stock holding, refocus on the brand. We're moving away from being a, a very paleo focused brand to be more of a you know a, a better choice, healthy eating proposition um and it's for us it's sampling so what we did last week or a couple of weeks ago was a very guerrilla activity where we dropped fifteen thousand bars on lots of boris bikes oh, at five o'clock oh, in the morning that. in that town yeah. yeah just no. to get people to try it yeah um get a bit of pr from it and and how did that go yeah it was good no it was good actually we've got a lot a lot of social interaction um a lot of business social interaction a lot of linkedin interaction people that have actually seen it and uh, and the challenge is you can't do those things unless there's somewhere for someone to go buy the product in store. Yeah. You yeah. know, so fortunately we've got quite a good distribution in the co-op. And so we sent people into store that little pillow packs the bar was in, had a little coupon on there. Um, and it's just sort of trialling different things out now mm. and making our content better. Because and, and again, I guess it comes down to you, you have to sell the brand, you have to sell the yeah. value of the brand. Yeah. Then you've got the competition. Yeah. It, it's, that's a tough one. Yeah. So yeah. we're running out of time really fast. Um <laughs> I could talk to you a load more about this, but we have a gentleman in the next studio. We've got Afternoon Gold coming up very shortly in the 70s. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to some of the tracks. We'll have a little chat in a bit. Um, So, okay. Unfortunately, we are going to now jettison you into space because fundamentally the programme is, it's a desert island disc, but we can't call it that, obviously, because the BBC owned that. So I've called it Lost in Space. So you're going up in Elon Musk's Tesla. You're the astronaut. You're off. We've found a little bit about your life story, but there's loads more to come, I know. Um, what are you going to uh, have as a book or an app? Um, I don't read as much as I'd like to, so it's going to have to be the app. And seeing as you told me that <laughs> Netflix are automatically going to download everything um, that I would be interested in watching, it'd have to be the Netflix app. Okay. So um, $13 billion worth of investment they've just put into Netflix for content. Yeah. So uh, you're going to take the Netflix app. Obviously, you've got all the photos of your family. Yeah, got all the photos. Uh, uh, what song would you take with you? It's got to be Rocket Man then. Was, or, yeah, it's got to be Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Yeah. Or, okay. Well, we'll, we'll. Oh, no, actually, actually, no, no. Do you know what? I went to the Rolling Stones the other week um, and it was absolutely, it was absolutely incredible. And uh, so it's Give Me Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Okay. We'll have a little bit of that then. And uh, <laughs> thanks, Sam. <laughs> Susie, it's been my pleasure Thank to have you. Thank you very much. Favourite guest so far, always. And uh, good luck with primalpantry.com. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye out on your adventure and journey. Thanks a lot. Take care. Next up is Afternoon Gold, and we're going to be listening to the 70s. The band from the 70s here, anyway, is the Rolling Stones. Take care. Bye.